When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hey, this is Andrew Rapport. I'm at the Cruciform Conference, and uh, so at the time of this recording. But what I want to give to you today is I was on an atheist program called the Canadian Atheist. And this was an episode I did with a Canadian Atheist. And what ended up transpiring, and there's going to be some things we're going to talk about foul language. Why did we talk about that? Why? Because of the fact that what ends up happening with this guy is he's going to—he's been on Apologetics Live several times. If you listen to it, and this guy is going to make a case when he—we talk about foul language that they're just words. Now on Apologetics Live, he talks about the fact that words and everything were just chemical reactions. What, wait for that part of the exchange because you're going to see a guy who says they're just words. And he's suddenly going to say that words have no meaning, no morality, and he's unbeknownst to him going to fall into a trap and argue that words have morality. That's going to be a problem in his worldview. So check out this episode where I was on The Canadian Atheist uh, today on The Rap Report. Welcome to The Rap Report with your host, Andrew Rappaport, where we provide biblical interpretation and application. This is a ministry of striving for eternity and the Christian podcast community. For more content or to request a speaker for your church, go to strivingforeternity.org. All right, here we go. Welcome to CA. Today is, what is today? Today is Wednesday, October the 20th, 2020. I am Michael. Dean is not here. Uh, he's tied up in my basement. He was a bad boy. Um, but luckily, uh, as I posted about uh, on Facebook uh, earlier, we have a guest with us. This has been a long time in the making. Uh, I first reached out to uh, to our guest tonight months and months ago. But uh, he's incredibly busy. And uh, But we're really, I'll keep saying we, Dean's not here. We're really happy uh, that he was able to uh, join us tonight. We're going to have a discussion. He has been gracious enough to uh, host me three times on his YouTube uh, show. And uh, when last we spoke, uh, November the 5th, I'll be going back again to celebrate a Democratic presidential win. And, well, at least that's my hope anyway. Um, But so joining us today is uh, the host of Striving for Eternity Ministries. 
uh, and the co-host of the Apologetics Live uh, YouTube channel. We're going to talk a lot about that as we get through with it. Um, but uh, but now, uh, Andrew Rappaport, welcome to the Canadian Atheist. You see here, first thing I have to do is come in and correct an atheist right off the bat. Today is Tuesday. Today's Tuesday? <laughs> what did I say? You said it was Wednesday. <laughs> oh, really? oh, yeah. You know what it is? I was looking at my I was looking at my calendar before we got started, and I have a mountain of stuff I'm doing yesterday, and so I had Wednesday in my brain. So yeah, it is Tuesday. <laughs> uh, did I say episode one twenty two? This is episode one twenty two. Well, thanks for thanks for having me. It has been a pleasure having you on. I think uh, it. I know that it has been a long time in the making, as you said. Um, I forget when you first reached out to me, and and I was like, I can't even can't even think about it till after the summer. <laughs> it was pr- it was probably June, yeah. um, because you had gone on to Skylar Fiction's channel, and I saw that uh, I saw that episode on Skylar's channel, and I'm like, this seems like a really cool cat. I want to I want to chat with him. So just before we get into just before we get too much into this, uh, everyone listening to this will notice that the dulcet tones of my wife's intro have been edited uh, because, uh, of course, Andrew is a Christian. And so I will be clean as well. Uh, this episode out of respect. Um, don't worry, I've got another episode all, all uh, ready to go with Dean where I'll uh, swear up a, a streak again. But I have not been replaced. I'm not a doppelganger. It's really Michael. Um, but uh, yeah, out of respect for our guest, uh, I won't be, uh, won't be swearing tonight. So, okay. There's a, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, but anyway, so we first... Um, I first reached out to you in June after that, and it was like, you know, get that back to me after the summer. So around mid-August, I sent you an email, and you're like, I'm still tied up. So I'm like, okay. And I tried not to take it personally, um, but and then finally, um, it was maybe, what, six weeks ago? Um, you had said, hey, we're going live tonight. Why don't you come on our show? And I did. And, uh, and, and you never got on actually the, the first time you came in and you had to, you had to leave because we, we do apologetics live is every Thursday night. So it kind of makes it, you know, uh, it's open to anybody. Anyone can come in and ask any challenging questions or, you know, whatever they want to talk about. And we had, uh, Anthony Sylvester, Dr. Sylvester was speaking with someone else, if I'm correctly. And right, on evolution. That's right, yes. Yeah. And so because he had set that up, we were like, all right, we'll go for a while. You were sitting there the whole time, and I'm like texting going, hey, there's a guy, Michael, make sure he gets in. And by the time they were ready to bring you in, you had to go. So we said, okay, we'll yeah. bring you in first thing next week. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah, my uh, my memory isn't what it used to be. But, no, it, and I, I think I, I hung around for about an, an hour and 15 minutes or so, and then I'm watching the clock and looking at my phone, because that's how I have my alarm set, and I'm like, Man, I'm going to be a zombie if I don't go to bed. So, but you know, it was, uh, but it, but it was great. And like I said, the next, and then I was on for what, three weeks straight. Um, and it's, it's been really good. We've had, we've had a lot of uh, interesting, uh, a lot of interesting discussions. There's been, um, I put, so everyone, uh, just so you're aware, Andrew, I posted links, uh, to all of the, all of my appearances on Unapologetics Live. And um, I got back some interesting uh, comments uh, and emails from, from some of our uh, listeners. 
from as far away as Australia. Um, and it was, it was interesting. One of the comments was, is this really Michael? He's not swearing. Um, so I, I, that's why I kind of joked about that when we started uh, just a couple minutes ago, but, um, it's, it's been great. Um, so why don't we get into what, uh, what we're going to talk about, uh, today. So one of the things that, that I like to do is <laughs> unlike a lot of, uh, unlike a lot of, uh, atheists who have podcasts, I have no problem at all, uh, giving a forum to, like to you or to anybody else to reach, uh, you know, our, our audience. Um, everyone else is aware. They've heard me say this a million times, but I'll say it uh, for you as well. We got super lucky really early on. Um, I met Armin Navabi, who's the founder of the Atheist Republic Facebook page. I met him at a little conference called Imagine No Religion, you know, which was usually held in BC. But three years ago, it was held in three and oh, four years now. It was held ago in Toronto. And I met Armin there, and he was uh, gracious enough to come on the podcast. And then he blasted it out to his worldwide audience. And we benefited from that. So we now get regular downloads from over 100 countries. And so when I say I got emails from people from Australia, that was, I think, technically the farthest away because um, it's on the other side of the world. But, uh, but we get a lot of comments from, from all over the place, and we're really fortunate in that way. And I like giving uh, our guests access to that audience to say, here, you know, tell, tell your story, tell your, you know, your, your side of things. And, uh, and, and we can chat about it. So, so that was the first thing I want to talk about is, is your story because you're not originally Christian. That is true. <laughs> so let's, yeah, let's dive into that. Yeah, my background is I was raised Jewish. Uh, I've kind of, in my family, we've gone through basically, if you understand anything of Judaism, uh, we went through all this major denominations, if you want to call it that, for ease of understanding. But from Orthodox to Conservative to Reformed, they just, you know, each one is more liberal than the next. So, uh, but I, I was raised Jewish in a Jewish home, Bar Mitzvahed, um, you know, what, like, eight to ten years of Hebrew school uh, where, you know, I'd be, I'd go after school for, you know, several hours, three days a week, and then on Saturdays, especially as you get ready for Bar Mitzvah. So, <clears throat> I was actually raised, and this will, you know, shock some people, but anyone that's Jewish will understand. I was, you know, generation after the Holocaust, I was raised to believe that Jesus Christ is Hitler's God. So, I was never looking for Christ. And, and to explain why that is, is just like many non-Jewish people, Gentiles, wouldn't understand Judaism. They, they think everyone wears a kippah. They don't, you know, they don't understand the different divisions and fractions within Judaism. Well, the same is true for Jewish people with, with Christians. Uh, all the Christians are just Catholic. <laughs> and the Catholic Church supported Hitler. And because of that, you know, this, this was the perception that, that we would have, is that uh, that's Hitler's God. That's who he worshipped. And so I wasn't looking in any way to become a Christian at all. Um, uh, it, it really, and I don't know if you and I talked about this at all on Apologetics Live, but really what it was was it was logic, uh, mathematics, that got me to realize that the New Testament had to have been uh, supernaturally written because you looked at prophecies. Uh, the guy who was explaining this <clears throat> to me, you know, basically I, I wrote it off 
I, w- I was like, all right, let's let's examine this. Doing calculations in my head of trying to figure things that he was giving as prophecy. There's some things that are self-fulfilling, right? Any, anyone knowing the prophecy can make that happen. Um, sure. But there's prophecies that I put in the category of coincidence, and those were the ones I was interested in. And it, it basically would, got beyond what's called statistical impossibility, 10 to the 48th power, to have all those prophecies happen by coincidence. So I didn't believe in Christ. I just believed the New Testament uh, and Old Testament had to be written by someone that was supernatural. Uh, so then I started to ask, okay, what does the New Testament teach? Uh, really, the sticking point for me was the resurrection, because it, the, the I mean, dead people don't rise, right? So... That was the, yeah, and so that was the issue that I had, because for me, anyone that knew me when I was a child, uh, there was no question whether I was a sinful child. Um, Tried to burn my house down twice, once we put it out with a fire extinguisher, the second time fire department, so, you know, I guess I got better in in my sin, but no, I I was a wicked kid. And uh, a terror for my parents, unfortunately. But the thing that ended up happening was I never was looking or thinking that I was going to be accountable to anybody for that. And so I wasn't looking for a savior of any kind. But then again, I didn't see myself as as needing one. I thought that um, basically my Judaism saved me because that's what we were raised to believe. And... But I could not explain away the resurrection. I've, I've, if you do any study on the views of the resurrection, there's a lot of different views. Maybe they got the wrong tomb. They maybe uh, he didn't fully die. D- different things. I have one that, as far as I know, is still original with me. Uh, my last argument was to to say to to this guy Chuck. I said, well, maybe the disciples dug a hole underneath the the tomb, pulled the body out, and he was like, in three days they don't have heavy equipment. And so I, I could not explain away the resurrection. Uh, so if Christ rose from the dead, mounds there huh? to dig the core through stone. Yeah, that's, that's, he, he said there's not heavy equipment; they can't do it in three days. So I, that was the final argument I had, and I, I said, if I can't, if if Christ rose from the dead, then that proves what he said about himself—that he was God, and that he offers the forgiveness of sin. I mean, I I, I know that the guilt that you know, not only I, but every human being has when, when we do something we know is wrong. The, my conscience understood that, but I didn't think I was going to be accountable to anybody with it. Uh, at that moment is when I realized I, was, I would be accountable to God. And he vindicated it, proved it, by raising himself from the dead. And so that's, I became a Christian at that time, you know, turning from trusting my, basically my Judaism as earning me righteousness and trust in what Christ did on the cross. And how old were you at that point? I was 16 at that time. 16, okay, interesting. So, okay, so you're a Christian. One of the things that that I've learned is saying you're a Christian is like saying I drive a car. Um, so can you lay out, because we've had, we've had lots of different Christians on, on our show, can you lay out your... And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it's just the first thing that popped in my head. Your flavor of Christianity. Yeah, and, and I, I, it's a good question, because as you were 
came on our show and we talked about you brought up uh, Steven Anderson. And I think you were surprised that both Anthony and I were like, yeah, we don't put him in the category of Christian. <laughs> yeah. So the the thing when he says, what, what is a Christian? Well, ultimately, uh, a Christian is going to be someone who puts their ultimate trust in God and his word. Right? We're going to be, so why, why am I saying it that way? When you have, as you've probably met plenty of professing atheists who say, I used to be a Christian. And they weren't. They were never a Christian. They were, they were hypocrites that stopped pretending. They pretended to be a Christian. Why would I say that? Well, two reasons. One, it's biblical. Um, in 1 John 2.19, it says they went out from among us because they were never of us. They went out to expose that they were not of us. So the Bible would say that they were never a Christian. But more so, uh, what you have is you have people whose ultimate trust and authority was not God and his word. It was their reasoning their ability to reason that what you know they're thinking but ultimately it becomes them now the way really i would say what is a christian is going to be someone who doesn't trust in his good works his genealogy or him being a good person to earn righteousness with god but they trust in what christ did alone on the cross and there is a distinction being made here with that because you can have Roman Catholics, they'll say they're Christian. You'll have Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons. They, they all use the Christian name. In fact, anyone that just meant, you know, worships Christ or accepts Christ as a prophet could be Christian. Islam is actually considered by some to be a Christian cult that just swerved off even more because early on, Muhammad was actually teaching you know, what he thought was the, a continuation of Christianity. So, what you end up with all of those that I mentioned is one key distinction. And this key distinction is literally the difference between heaven and hell. And that is trusting in in Christ alone. The reason being is every human-made religion, every one of them is going to have human effort. In other words, if you, Roman Catholics, it's faith plus works. So, the faith is not enough. You have to add the works. If you're looking at Islam... It's going to be doing one good deed counts for ten bad. And you're just at the mercy of Allah to to accept it. If you do what we call rabbinical or Second Temple Judaism, the Judaism that's known of today, not the biblical Judaism that was in the Old Testament, they would say that we do Torah, we obey the law. Again, works. Hinduism, Buddhism, any of them, what you end up seeing is they all have an element that is human effort, even if it's added to faith, but the ultimate way someone gets right with God is human effort. That's a man-made religion. So I can objectively look at any religion. I did it when I wrote my book, What Do They Believe? What Do They Believe is is basically a systematic theology of the major Western religions. And, you know, what I did was I went, studied from their sources and systematized their belief systems. Um, in Islam, I think it's one of the only ones, actually. So, you stop just one second. But you just said, and I don't want to forget about it. But where can people, if people are interested in your book, where can they find it? Uh, if all my books can be found at strivingforeternity.org on the store there, um, 
So that's, that'd be, you, you can get what do they believe, what do we believe. Uh, Dr. Silvestro's book, which you might be interested in on the origin of kinds, because that's going to deal a lot with some of the things you, you discuss as far as creation, uh, evangelism, presuppositional apologetics. That's what that book will cover. But, uh, the, the, Sorry, yeah, I mean, because what I did with what, what do they believe? Here's a, a thing that frustrated me when I wrote this or, or what I was reading from others. I, I listened to a rabbi who was talking about Christianity, and he misrepresented what Christianity actually is. But since most of his audience is always rabbis or Jewish people, they know nothing about it. And so he seems like an expert. Uh, I actually have had a, a thing that when the, the rabbi who, who gave me all these cassette tapes of, of this gentleman, I said, I'll debate him anytime, anywhere. And he, he actually heard that. And challenged me to a debate. He actually created a poster for it. Uh, and then when he found out how I, he listened to some of my debates and he didn't want to debate me anymore. So, <laughs> but I didn't want to misrepresent someone's position. So that book is different than most books on world religions because what it isn't doing is trying to refute the religions. It's trying to explain what they actually believe. Sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and it's interesting that you say that because I've uh, and we talked about this before, but um, I spent probably uh, a total of four years studying with one of the groups you mentioned, Jehovah's Witnesses, and they they call themselves Christian, like without hesitation. Um, one of the couple, because um, I'm sure you're aware, but it's always a couple that shows up at your house, right? Um, and it's usually two men or two women at first, but then if you actually have a Bible study, it's typically either the man or the woman and their, and their spouse that, that come with them if they are married. And uh, I'll never forget this. I was, whew, I was really, I was in my early 20s the first time this happened. And, and I said, well, you know, with this whole witnessing, explain it to me. And they, they said that the watchtower and what, what I came to know later is the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, but Jehovah's Witnesses were descendants, these were their words, of first century Christians. And I, and in my head, I'm just like, well, every, every, everyone in my regular uh, audience can assume what I actually said, but um, what I said was, well, that's BS. Um, and, uh, and it didn't sit well kind of from that point on, like how on earth, how could you possibly recognize that historically? Um, but spent a lot of time and Jehovah's witnesses are one of the groups that a, a lot of times when I talk to Christians, they really, they really have no idea what witnesses actually believe. Um, and one of the biggest telltale ones is they say, well, only 144,000 people are going to heaven. Like you have no idea what you're talking about. That's not what they believe at all. Um, so I'm curious, do, do you know what they actually mean by the 144,000? Well, actually, the, so there's 144,000 saints that would be in the new heaven, and the rest would be on the new earth. That's right. Yeah, the 144,000 is 12,000 12, from each of the 12 tribes of mm-hmm. Israel. That when, you know, so a witness shall be made to all the inhabited nations, and the end will come, the end comes, and these 144,000 go to heaven to become angels. I met one of these people. At one of their uh, at one of their uh, conventions in Hamilton at Cops Coliseum, and this person was introduced to me as as someone who knew that they were going to be an angel, and I openly laughed because I couldn't help myself. I'm like, "What do you mean? What do you mean you know you're going to be an angel? Like, what?" Um, 
So that 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 was interesting. Okay, so well, see, see now if he ran into a, a Mormon, the Mormon would have said, "Well, you're just going to be an angel. I'm going to be a god." Mormons is another group that I've Mormon Mormonism. I always said was good science fiction, you know, because that's what you know. I think I think Joseph Smith was a science fiction writer before there was such a genre of science fiction. Uh, He he might have L. Ron Hubbard beat actually. Yeah, well, Uh, L. Ron Hubbard. There's a little interesting thing with him. Uh, Do you know how how Scientology started? How he started that snippets of that. I don't have a lot of. It started over a poker bet. Sweet. So he was playing poker with some friends. They had a $1 million bet that he could create, he could create a religion. And I think he had to get a hundred thousand followers, you know, within a, I think it was one or two year period. Now, when I was growing up, you had three channels for some of your audience. They may not understand that before cable, you, you had a choice of three channels and every commercial was his book Dianetics. Now, he probably spent like three or four million to win one million, <laughs> but he, he did win the one million, you know. So, yeah, but I mean, he, the thing that I ended up seeing when I was working on the book, and, and I spent 14 years studying other religions and researching them, looking from their authorities so I don't misrepresent them, and then going to people who are authorities in those different religions and asking, am I accurate to check yeah. the work? Um, I had one guy, I still remember this, I had this this Mormon, I was at a Mormon festival, uh, and this one Mormon said to me that no Christian ever presents Mormonism without misrepresenting it. I said, okay, well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a copy of my book, you tell me if there's anything I, can, I have wrong, you know, if you can't find anything major, you pay the, fi- the 15 bucks for the book, and if not, if you find something, you get it free. He was like, okay. So I sent him the book. He he had, he found three like grammatical errors. So okay, yes. corrected those. Two that he he actually said I wouldn't even mention these, but I'm I'm sh- struggling to find something. <laughs> sure. And then the only thing he could find was the fact that I had said something about the birth order and their th- thinking between Jesus and Lucifer. Some oh, Latter Day Saints believe they were born at the same time. Some think that Jesus was born first. I said they were born at the same time, so he, he questioned that, but he had to admit that it is a discussion within Mormonism. So I said, so essentially you're saying, I got everything correct. Yeah. Yeah, I never saw the $15 either. But but you look at all those, and they all have human effort. They all have an element of people getting right with God by human effort, by some level of it. And that's what you see with a man-made religion. You wouldn't You don't see that with Christianity. The distinction there is that it's trusting what Christ did, not what we do. Okay, so then can you, do you have a way to label what it is? Because, I, I mean, because we talked about a bunch of stuff, and, I'm, and I, I'm, still, I'm still not understanding what you mean when you say you call yourself a Christian. So, like, to label that, like, your version of that. So, I, I generally use a different term. Like, are you, but like... Like, 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 uh, being saved by grace alone, Bible alone, that kind of stuff. Well, not Bible alone, but the the Reformation would word it as being saved by faith alone, in grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, right? Um, And so that would be the 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 thing. The issue I would say is I would word it as I was converted, because that's an easier term to understand. 
And every, and this is a misnomer that some people have is just because if you're born into a Christian family, like your parents are Christian, that doesn't mean you are. That's different than others. Hmm. Thank you for saying that because it's, it's actually some, it's actually something that Richard Dawkins talked about in the God delusion saying that he, he didn't want people saying, Oh, you know, this is a Christian child or a Muslim child, but this is a child of Christian parents, you know, a child of Muslim parents. Um, so, so I, I appreciate you saying that, although I'm sure you're going to yeah. add a caveat. Well, no, I'm not. I mean, there, there's the thing that you see with a lot of religions. Like if you look at Catholicism, if your parents are Roman Catholic and you're born in that family, you, you're automatically Roman Catholic. So oh, yeah. that, there are religions like that. Now, Islam is, is pretty much, it's, it, there's a little distinction in Islam because you're supposed to, to be a Muslim, you're supposed to, you know, recite the prayer uh, in front of witnesses in Arabic. But there's plenty of Muslims who grow up never doing that or maybe doing it as a child when they don't know what they're really doing. But the, the thing is, is you have to convert to Christianity. And, and that conversion is a change of thinking between what you trust as far as what gives righteousness. Instead of trusting self, you're trusting what Christ did. Uh, you'd have Jehovah's Witnesses don't baptize their children. It has to be their choice, like in, in adolescence, early adulthood. Would you say that's something they got right? Uh, I, you know, I would struggle even with baptizing a child if they want to. Um, because, you know, there's too many people who, they grew up in a, with parents that are Christian. Uh, their friends get baptized or their parents want them to get baptized and they do it. Uh, not really understanding what they're doing, not really believing. Overwhelming, yeah, and and so I I do everything to really dissuade, actually, um, because I want them to to really be convinced. I mean, I I don't want them just saying it because they they think. I I don't want people being hypocrites, basically. So I don't want people saying they're Christian when they're not. Uh, Baptism is supposed to be an outward sign of an inward change. So if someone's not genuinely a Christian, they didn't convert to Christianity, the baptism is meaningless. And yet what a lot of people do, because they think of Roman Catholicism and, and others, where the baptism is what is the entrance into the religion. So people think that, well, I got baptized, I'm a Christian. Or I go, I'd go to a church and I'm a, I'm a member of a church, I'm a Christian. Going to church makes you a Christian as much as going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Sure. Yeah. So here's interesting. Here's an interesting point. And, uh, you know, people have different things to people think different things about the person I'm about to mention, but his book has an interesting, um, has an interesting segment on his, um, on, on his quote unquote conversion baptism. But, um, I'm sure you've heard of David Smalley. Um, and his, uh, his book baptized atheist actually has a really, one of the, one of the chapters in that talks about him, being baptized as a, as a child. And, and, and it was almost exactly what you just described and to why you try to discourage that. And, and it, that was the first thing I thought of when you said that, I'm like, Oh, that reminds me of, of this piece of, of, of Smalley's book. Um, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting read if you ever get the chance. Yeah. Well, I, I could play you the cl- a short clip of, uh, about 10 seconds long of me and, and David Smalley. This was, I've, I've heard it. I've heard it on your show, <laughs> <laughs> but this was, he was debating Matt slick, uh, on moralism and, you know, basically saying that, you know, the fact that there's talk of slavery 
that the Bible is immoral. Um, so slavery is an issue of ownership, right? Mm-hmm. So I asked him this question. Uh, Mr. Smalley, do you believe that abortion is moral? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I'm debating yeah. him instead of you. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he didn't I mean, want to debate. Yeah, ab- abortion Abortion is a, it's a hot-button topic, especially now with some of the things that are going on in the U.S., um, well, it's, it, but okay, so then if you like, well, be, and the re, there's a reason I, that question co- comes up, right? Because think about it: what is abortion? It is an ownership issue. I mean, there's there's functionally no difference between saying this is my property and this is my body, right? So, if you're saying that slavery is immoral because you own, you have ownership rights to another human being, well, that's exactly what we're saying with abortion it's i have i have ownership rights they're we're saying they're not fully human which is exactly the argument that was made with slave with blacks and why they could be slaves is they weren't human so abortion is they're not human this is my body i can do what i want with it and so you end up having the legalization of the killing of another person so if slavery is immoral well, abortion should be far more immoral because abortion is not just an ownership, but it, you know, uh, slavery didn't always end in murder or in the, the, lo- the loss of life. Uh, actually, if you ever read the book 12 Years a Slave, uh, it, it was uh, I that, actually, uh, Solomon, I forget his last name, he got kidnapped. He actually said that if, if the only slavery he knew was his first master, he, would, he wouldn't have had a problem with slavery. Uh, he was. I haven't been able to personally reconcile, but I also have no experience to compare it to. So yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to jump too much down the rabbit hole of abortion because I was really wanting to talk about that on the fifth when I come back on your show. Um, but I, I, what I will say is there is no reasonable argument against the f- the fact that an abortion is the termination of a life. I, I don't care how liberal you are. I don't care how uh, Republican you are. I don't care left, right wing. You, that's not an argument that can reasonably be made. An abortion is the termination of a life without question. Um, and I think anyone that tries to argue otherwise, I don't think is being honest. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you. And I'm going to be speaking at a conference in Indianapolis this week uh, on Thursday on this topic of abortion. And it really is, uh, it's an issue where I agree with you. When you look at it scientifically, um, you have two different DNAs, you know, mother and their child, or two different blood types, two different genders. I mean, it's, it's a different human being. Um, it is the termination of it and uh, of that life. But, you know, it is, uh, here's why, where I think abortion uh, is so fundamental for some people. There's something that changed when we legalized abortion and started promoting it. We had, we've changed the cultures that, that support abortion. You've seen a change from a dignity culture to a victim culture. So in other words, we no longer see dignity in other human beings. We, we see people as victims. So you, you, instead of seeing a child and that, that child in the womb has dignity, they're made in the image of God, they have a right to life, instead it's, well, the mother doesn't want to have to bear this child or isn't, doesn't want to change her lifestyle to have to deal with the child. She's not ready. It's an un, she doesn't want the child. 
it maybe the child was the product of of someone doing something you know to the woman she didn't want whether it be rape or incest again the, these things show the woman as the victim and that has really become the the nomenclature of our culture even even in your culture in Canada you have a lot of the victim mentality that is that's really rampant and people don't see dignity in other people as as we used to i'm not sure i could disagree with you more but again i don't want to jump too much into the the, the abortion thing but but it is something that i'd like to bring up on on the fifth um what, what i will say is i mean i fundamentally disagree with with all of it um but the last question i want to ask you on that is is you you do but so if a woman and i i accept that 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 um rape being the reason for an abortion is a, I, I don't know the, the exact percentage, but I understand it's very low. Probably. I think it's under 5%. Um, and incest might be the same. I don't know. I don't have any statistics on that, but, but you, you wouldn't disagree that in a situation where a woman was raped or it was the, the, um, or there was an issue of incest, you wouldn't disagree that that woman was victimized. Would you? Well, she she was victimized. If she was raped, yes, she was victimized in in the incident of the rape. But whether she should carry the child to term and either give it up for adoption or raise the child is, you know, it's not the child's fault for what the father did, right? So why do you why do you punish the child? I I agree that it is not. Yeah, I mean the the person who committed the assault, um, that is the person who who is uh, who is at fault. Um, but I want to, I want to stop that there and, and, but I'm, I want so badly to dive into that, uh, at another time. And for everybody who's listening, when we do have that conversation, there'll absolutely be a link posted. And actually what, you know, what you can do is you don't even have to wait. You can go to apologetics live and, um, you can, you can, you can watch the conversation as it happens. Um, yeah, it's apologeticslive.com. And, and, and anyone that wants to come in any Thursday night, eight to 10 Eastern time, if you go to apologeticslive.com, we, we put the links, unless we're doing a formal debate. If we have a formal debate, we won't have a link to join, and we'll, we'll right. note that. But any Thursday night, we will have guests like you come in, but uh, if, if someone comes in and asks a question, even if we're, we have you, know, you on and we're talking with you, but someone comes in and asks, we, we just engage with that person as well. <clears throat> so anyone yeah. can come in anytime. Uh, that's what the show is, is there for. Yeah. So let's, okay, so let's, let's talk about that because it, it, it's interesting. And one of the things that I find interesting about it is that I don't want to say it's, I don't want to say it's unique, but there are, and, and I, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. I mean, I'm sure that if I was to, you know, go in there on some random Thursday and we didn't have the, um, uh, sorry, something happened there. Um, just give me one half a second. But that's what the show is. Half a second's up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, a little bit of technical difficulties there, but uh, here we go again. Um, so, uh, yeah, something happened and the recording stopped there for a second, but we're up and running again. So, um, one of the things that, uh, so the last thing you had said was that was what the show was about is to have these engaging conversations. And so what I was going to, what I had started to say was if, I'm sure there are a lot of factors. If we didn't have the type of relationship that, you know, that, that we've built over the last little while, you know, in having these discussions and I came in just as some kind of 
you know, random atheist and started swearing or this or that or insulting this. I'm sure you just hit the, you know, control, alt, delete or whatever it is you do the, and the streamyards thing. And I'd be out of there. Um, but one of the things that's interesting and, and I, and I actually applaud you for it. And, and everyone who knows me knows I'm, I'm not, I don't blow smoke. Um, I mean this, I mean this uh, genuinely is your willingness to engage because there are too many Christian shows that I've, that I've watched and I've tried to engage with, but the gatekeepers don't always want you to have that conversation. And so to anyone who's, and to everybody who's listening to this, if you want to engage either Andrew or uh, Anthony, or Justin, who, again, I'll go back and, um, and say, after the first time I was on, we spoke for 45 minutes after you had already left and had an amazing conversation. It was so nice. And I'm really hopeful that, that, that Justin can come on, uh, the Canadian atheist as well, to, to continue that. Um, but, you know, go in there. And like Andrew said, if there's a formal debate going on, well, you know, you're, you're going to be out of luck that week. But generally speaking, you go down to where the podcast is and there's a, there's a rubber ducky there that, for the StreamYards link and you click on that and, uh, you know, you'll go into the, what is it called? The, the back, the backstage. Like back, I think they call it backstage yeah. and then, and then, yeah, bring it in and I'll just, you know, so folks, I'll cor- kind of correct. I don't really boot people very easily. Uh, the only people I'll boot is if I see someone that's trolling. They're, they're really not interested in the discussion. They're just trying to do gotchas or you're saying something. Like we, we have a, a Roman Catholic guy that would come in and he'd come in with everybody. And he'd ask the same question and he'd be like, there's no Christian that can answer this. And then every single guest would answer it. And the next week he'll be like, there's no question. That and so eventually we're like, look, you're not listening. We've had seven people give you the answer and they've all given you the same answer. Seven different people, you know. And so it, it's hard for it's hard to get booted because I do want to have dialogue. I do want to have discussion. And I'm it's not hard to get booted. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, the, the thing is, is it's it's a thing where I think on both sides, you have people who are afraid to actually engage in discussion i think that it's it's really guys who they they don't want to be confused with facts just want to believe what i want to believe and you see that on both sides i'll I'll give you one i know someone you think very highly of and i i don't is aaron ra um i think he's in that category he doesn't really engage with people he does he does a lot of ad hominems he does a lot of you know just going after things and having his his lines that he uses but he doesn't actually engage with the people he's he's discussing at least that i have seen and you know i I see him i would think that i mean the one thing that and this is something that um you're familiar of course with steve mccray yeah yeah. So, um, Steve, uh, Steve's been on, on the podcast, uh, a few times. Uh, I've been in, in, on his program and stuff like that. And we, we have, we have an agreement when it comes to, you know, the definition, uh, you know, the definition of atheism, you know, one just being the lack of a belief versus, you know, the, the assertion that God doesn't, in fact, doesn't exist. He put out a little paper on it. When I first looked at it, I'm like, this is garbage. I threw it over my shoulder. And then when I actually read it, I accepted the fact that even as an atheist, that I, I have to, 
I have to assume a burden of proof. And this is something that, that, that Aaron doesn't accept. He looks at the more traditional, like, you know, lack of a belief. So I don't believe you have to convince me. Um, and so, you know, we just don't see eye to eye on that. We've talked about it. We disagree and we've moved on. I, I don't agree with what you said about not engaging, especially when it comes to something like, uh, like phylogeny, which he is uh, an expert in. Um, he has, he had, he had, and people will think of this, what they will, if you have listeners who, you know, listeners of, of your program that will listen to this and they'll, they'll think that I'm just, you know, kind of, um, you know, um, towing the company line, so to speak. I'm having to think of interesting words to not swear um, because I, I, I do it so often, but um, you know, kind of towing the company line. Um, but I mean, he, he does not back down when it comes to things that, you know, that he knows and he can, I, I've watched him with other people demonstrate, uh, you know, evolution and, and the fact of it to people. So I, I think I, I won't disagree with you when it comes to some things like philosophy and even, even Arn will admit that he's no expert when it comes to philosophy, but when it comes to, you know, things like, you know, biology and taxonomy and cl- classification stuff like that, we'd have to agree to disagree on that. Yeah, well, what I see him do with a lot of guys is you know, he, he starts getting angry, excited, and just it's it's a great debate tactic um, in the sense that it gets an audience on your side or the audience that agrees with you on your side. And and it's no different than you get guys that just spit out, you know, completely random facts that make them sound really smart. And, and the the impression is, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, I would rather someone who can talk down to a level that everyone can understand them and, uh, and discuss it. So let me, let me ask you a question because you mentioned it a couple times. So, so obviously you can control your speech, right? You, you, you don't, you, you, you've said it over and over. So my curiosity, why is it that you use foul language? It's obviously not something that you do without thinking. There's some people that don't even think about it, just their language. They, they do that you obviously can control it. So what is, what is your purpose in, in using foul language? Because they're just words um, and they help me to emote, I think. Um, and I think sometimes they, they allow me to get a point across the way, the way I want to. And, and you know what? It's strong and it can be offensive to some people. And to that, I say, okay. Um, but because they are just words, um, we should have the capacity to look past those, those just those words and look at the substance. Um, I, I meter myself, I meter myself when I have to, and I don't want to get you know, the wrong uh, impression. It's not how I am in my everyday life in every aspect of my life. Uh, I don't do it in any way, you know, professionally when I'm working, obviously. Um, and when I'm with, you know, uh, certain people who are in my life, I don't do it, obviously. Um, I do it a lot. Um, on on the podcast, and that's why, like even even my wife's intro for for this episode and everyone where Christians on is 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 bleeped out because I wrote her intro and she's like, you want me to read this? I'm like, yeah, I want you to read that word for word. She's like, okay, and so it's it's bleeped out um, because, and I think it's partially because I'm so passionate about it, and again because they're just words, I don't see, um, I I don't see that the negative aspect that I think some people see, and. And, it, and there are some people for which um, I will no longer do it. For example, um, I was on Modern Day Debate with a guy named uh, Rib. And um, 
the acronym for rib. Well, he's actually changing out a cider and port, but it's a, a really super nice guy uh, based out of Ireland. <clears throat> and I went on a series of three debates on modern James's channel, modern day debate with John Maddox and a guy named Smokey Saint. Um, and uh, by the third debate, I was, I was anti-Semitic and racist and everybody can go and hear what I said to Smokey Saint when he called me anti-Semitic and racist. Um, so when, when I get passionate about it, yeah, uh, they, they start to fly. You said something interesting a minute ago about how some people just spew out facts and appear to be smarter, smarter than they are. John Maddox is one of those guys. His favorite line is 500,000 base pairs of something, you know, amino acids to make a protein. And I'm sure he's got that tattooed on his body somewhere. Um, because when you start to drill down and talk to him about other stuff, he, you find out what he doesn't know. And I've, uh, I've sent him messages to see if he would have a debate with Aaron Ra because that would be, uh, I'm actually salivating right now thinking about uh, watching uh, Aaron tear him apart. But um, anyway, I, I kind of got off, got off track there. So I'm, did that answer your question? Yeah, no, it's, because I, I've always, I've, I, I find that a lot of times people use foul language because they, they lack the vocabulary to be able to express things in, in other words, in ways of communicating to get the, a point across stronger. Um, but most of the people I know that do that, they do it because it's just they, they've grew up hearing. They don't, there's, they, now, in your case, it, it seems, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems that it almost seems as if you're trying to make a case against the morality. It's just saying, hey, they're just words. There's no... There's no morality to them. There's no right and wrong to them. There's just words. That's how, how I'm hearing. It. Is that correct? Yeah, that, I, I think that that's pretty accurate. I think there are some. I think there are some words that do push. Like there are some words that would push those boundaries. Um, but, but, but again, it's a it's a it's a personal choice for me. And I do have the. And I think as I've demonstrated with you, I do have the capacity to get a point across without it. Sometimes I don't want to. Okay, so then I'm curious. Um, so they're just words. I'm gonna, I'll put you on the hot seat on your own show. That's bad. <laughs> um, so if you saw someone who is black, would you use the N-word? Of course not, because that's completely different. There's a difference between using the, the foul term for feces versus using n overtly derogatory word against another member of the human race that was used by people who are too stupid to even understand what that word actually means. Um, and, and they do it to trigger and they do it to demean, they do it to dehumanize. Okay. So, but your argument is they're just words and yes. yet, you, you've changed. And, and you know one of the issues I an issue that I usually have with with that word is that a lot of blacks will use it toward other blacks, and like I just and, go. And I don't. I don't. I don't see that as appropriate either. Yeah. No. I would. I don't either. Because what I think that actually does is it it dilutes the argument that it's offensive. Because obviously, for some of them that use this word, it's not offensive. It's only if certain people use it that it becomes offensive. I think it's hard, and I think we're we're drifting into the two white guys talking about something we don't we don't have any experience in. Um, but it, but it's I, I don't know about that so much. But yeah, well, I'm, okay, then I'll speak <laughs> myself. 
but um, it's, it, I don't know that I can reasonably and intelligently talk about it because of the privilege that I have. Um, I would say, I don't think it's, uh, it's good for other black people to do it either. But um, <laughs> I, to that, I would just say, not my circus, you know, not my circus, not my, not my animals. Yeah, no, I just wanted, I, I'm, I was trying to gauge with the fact that you were saying that they're just words and yet yeah. clearly some words you recognize there is something more than just words with them. Yeah, and, but, but, but I think, and, and again, to go back to what I said, like you, you recognize the difference between, you know, the other word for feces and that word, right? I mean, like there's, well, there's, there's I, I would think, I think they're both wrong. <laughs> for the for the same reason, right? They're derogatory. They're you know they're one is just a different descriptor, right? It means the same thing. Well, it's just a no, let, I mean, and, and we're probably way off topic from what you wanted, but yeah, I mean, there's there's terms like you think of a term like faggot, right? You, many that's, years ago, yeah. it yeah, it meant mean, it meant a bundle of sticks. It's not a big deal. Once it yeah. started getting applied to people that practice homosexuality, now it changed. Now it's well, an offensive term. Also. And there's right? a difference. Also. I think it's, I think in the United Kingdom, it means cigarette. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, so the context of the culture matters in words and whether, you know, they, that, and so that's why I'm saying they're more than just words. And, and I believe we inherently know certain words. We, we, there is a morality to them to say, okay, th- this is just wrong to use. Now, it can, it can be in certain circumstances, like we said with faggot being a cigarette in the UK, or if it was used in a years ago. I mean, um, you know, words had changed. I mean, FDR was referred to as a very gay man. If you know anything about FDR, the president of the United States, uh, many years ago, he was not a homosexual. <laughs> um, he, he was he, he got in trouble with his wife for fooling around with other women. But the the reality is, gay just meant happy at that time. Now it has it's changed, and so yeah. And I think and I think I think for, for the for the most part, I I agree with you that there are some words that there are some words you know. But you look at the context and you look at this the situation stuff like that. Um, but I mean in a lot of time, most of the time, when I'm using words, you know, it's, it's as a descriptor or it's, you know, as an adjective or an adverb, you know, or something like that. And it's, you know, and, and, I, and I see the difference in that. And I've had this discussion. I've had this discussion with my wife because my wife sometimes will, you know, has said to me, it's like, wow, you know, sometimes you really swear a lot. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. Um, you know, and she also doesn't like the fact that I get loud sometimes uh, because in her family, there's not a lot of, you know, they, they don't yell and scream in, in their family and in mine, you know, we do. So there's a, there's a difference there. So I, th- I think that there are differences and I think that there are levels of, of sensitivity. And when you talk about context, when we look at the context, like a, like, you know, the, the term you use, which I will, will not use, but I'll respect your right to, to use it for, you know, the, the, um, you know, the term being used to, to reference uh, another person's uh, sexual identity or sexual preference. Um, we, we understand the context in which they're being used in the same way that a white person saying it to a black person is using, is using that other word in, in that same derogatory way. Um, and I think that, I think you're right in that from that perspective, it, it does have a, a moral impact, but I don't believe that's the case when I use them, when I'm using them as descriptors 
adverse adjectives and things like that. So, uh, no, yeah, that was a little bit off topic, but you know what? That's okay. One of the things I wanted to t- chat about is your whole thing. Um, I sp- I've spent an, a not insignificant amount of time on apologetics live looking at the different things. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. So was this, was apologetics live your brainchild? Like who started it? Yeah, how did it start? That's a good question. So we, we had, uh, it's really started. Matt Slick, uh, came into a Google hangout, uh, when we were on a different, with a different platform that, uh, Matt just started coming in every Sunday night, and there would be a bunch of atheists that would debate him. Uh, Matt, as, as I'm sure it won't surprise you, Matt has a, a, a particular personality that makes it hard for him to get along with certain other personalities. Uh, he, it's a, he's a little quirky in, in some ways, and he and I are good friends, so it just it became a natural fit for the two of us just worked well to kind of play off each other. Um, but you know, we, we ended up ending that show, um, and we started this one up again, primarily because the, the goal was really to teach people how to do apologetics. And that's why even when you're on, you know, in, in the middle of a discussion, I'll stop and I'll just speak to the audience and say, okay, notice what's happening here. This is why someone's asking this question. or Because a lot of people will watch, but they don't know why someone will ask a question they ask. Especially with Matt, because Matt, Matt does these setup questions, and you know if if they people don't answer it, then the audience goes, "Well, why was he asking that? Why why is that important?" Well, it, it may be important, but if you don't know why, then it's kind of ruined. So we're we try to do it as to fulfill many purposes. And Matt's not on as much anymore. He he just when he was planning to move, he got busy. Um, I've ended up moving and I got busy and that's when Justin and uh, Anthony came in. And so now really the three of us kind of do it and we alternate, you know, uh, which, which works well with the schedule as I'm traveling. I, I can't always be there on Thursday nights and instead of canceling the show, you know, there's Justin or, or Anthony can do it. You know, like this week, both Anthony and I would be out, but you know, Justin is, uh, is, is around. So it makes it, Good for, in that sense, but the real thing with it is, we're trying to answer challenging questions. We're trying to—I um, don't want to say foster debate because the issue with it is, again, the word debate has a negative connotation. So I'm using it in its more of its philosophical meaning, which is not a bad thing. Where people think debate's bad, it, it, the debate in the sense where you make an argument. Someone makes a counter-argument. You, you work through cross-examining the arguments. That's what we're, we're looking to do and, and to educate people on how to do apologetics, how to make better arguments. Um, growing up Jewish, it, it's a thing where you're trained to debate. I think this is why so many Jewish people become lawyers. Because, I mean, a fa- dinner activity is, you know, a debate. There's no emotion in it. There's no hatred for the other person. It's just, okay, hey, you know, this one, you take the pro, you take the con, here's the topic, go for it. And really what you're doing is honing the skills of sharpening your thinking, sharpening your, your, your rhetoric, sharpening your critical thinking skills, because those are invaluable in life. And so many Jewish families will do stuff like that. And so it's just, it's like a family entertainment 
You don't, you know, where so many people nowadays think like if you disagree, you hate the person. It, it doesn't have to be that way. And, and, and so we want to display some of that as well. I, I, and I think it's interesting. Uh, like, for example, with tonight's episode, I'm sure I'm going to catch, I'm sure I'm going to catch some flack. Um, but I have no problem saying that, you know, like, and because I've had a lot of experiences talking with lots of different people. Um, I, I like your show. I think you guys, I think the three of you, Anthony, uh, yourself and Justin have a great chemistry going on. Um, I did not dislike, and I do not dislike any of you, nor do I dislike Matt. Um, I don't dislike, uh, uh, Cy. Cy's been on the podcast. I, I was interacting with him a bunch on Twitter saying, Hey, Cy, come on back on. I want to talk to you again. Cause I don't, I don't dislike him. There are some, there are some Christians who, who, who I believe are reprehensible. And I, we, I've mentioned a couple of those names. There are more. Um, there are also Christian. There are people who, who I will call professing Christians um, who, who I believe are dishonest and they know, they know they're lying to people. Um, I don't particularly like those people. I don't look at none of the, none of the discussions of the times that I've been on your show and I, I wouldn't call that, I would never call this a debate because we are truly just talking. But even when I was, even when I was chatting Matt, with Matt Slick, you know, you would put on, you know, debates, you know, debates, Michael. And I'm like, are we debating? I thought we were just having a chat um, be, because that term can, can carry so much baggage. I agree with what you're saying. It can carry a lot of baggage. And some of that can be real negative. I much prefer having conversations with people. And I said, you know, like, I, I, I like your show. I've watched other episodes. I, we, I think the difference is the capacity to have a differing opinion, but still have a respect for an individual. And after that is done, still be able to have a civil discourse. I tried doing that with Maddox and Smokey Saint. I will not speak to Smokey Saint again because of how, you know, because of how he was with me and actually how he was with, uh, with Rib, my, my debate partner as well. He was reprehensible. Um, but there are other people that I can still, you know, have those talks with. I think, I think the talks are important from an outsider's perspective. Um, and I was actually, I think it was my wife who asked me, she was like, she's like, well, what's this? Like, what would you think this show? Like, you know, apologetics live. Well, what does that mean? She's like, what's the show about? And I sat and I thought about it for about 10 seconds. And I said, well, we actually chatted about this the last time I, I was on. I said, and from my perspective, from an outsider's perspective, you know, a, a filthy heathen, um, it, it seems like you're, you're trying to, and you alluded to some of it, but to even make it simpler and maybe to put like a little bit of a spin on it, it sounds like you're trying to show people and teach people how to be, how to be prepared for conversations still be decent about it, but be prepared and also fulfill their obligation under first Peter three fifteen. Is that fair? Yeah. I may, uh, I may take that as a slogan. So I might have to get your, <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that is what it is. We're, we're, we're trying to teach apologetics, but not just, okay, let's sit in a class and go over it or mm. to just watch some debate. You know, it's really, let's have a discussion which is a debate when you're disagreeing, you're, you're making a case, you're making arguments. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and so that's what we're doing. But what we're trying to do is, is 
okay, time out. Let's let's explain this. You know, or ask. You know, why would you say something like this? Why would someone ask this question? What you know, because I do want it to be something that people are learning. I want people to improve in their critical thinking. I want people to improve in their in their use of logic. One of the biggest problems we have is people don't understand logic. It, it drives me nuts when you have people just throwing out logical fallacies. They know the name, and they don't even know what it means. You know, you just made an ad hominem. Really, I didn't say anything about you. Like, yeah. no, 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 you, you said it's wrong. Yeah, but you don't know what an ad hominem is. It's, it, it is when I ignore your argument to make a personal attack against you. It's basically saying that we're going to not deal with your argument. You know, if I say, well, you're an idiot, well, then what am I doing? I'm saying, like, I'm not even going to answer your question, but I'm attacking your character to say it's not that I'm not worthy of answering the question. There's you a know? big difference between your argument is stupid and you're stupid. Correct. That'd yeah. be a good way of putting it. And, uh, and, and that's, and, and that's valid because people, you know, people can, can say things, you know, that, that are dumb. I hear lots of people say dumb things. Um, but you know, but you, you know, you try to say, well, you know, okay, this is, and you know, you try to be a, a little more, uh, light handed if the, if the situation, um, calls for it. Uh, I think it depends how I think, and I think you would, you would probably act the same way. I think it depends on how you're approached. If someone comes up to you puffed up in an aggressive manner, you're probably more likely to be a little bit more aggressive in your response or even how you handle that person. But if someone comes at you a little lighter and says, hey, I want to talk to you about this thing, then like as we have, I don't look at you as some kind of, you know, big, bad ogre. Um, And, you know, and we can have these these types of conversations. Um, One of the things that I I want to talk about and I want to give you you the ability to talk about is um, I, I haven't, I've, I've marked a couple in my, in my podcatcher, but I haven't downloaded or listened to any yet. Um, so you have this thing called the Christian podcast community. Um, talk about that a little bit. How, how'd that get started? Well, that was uh, the way that actually got started was uh, we had a guy who worked for striving for eternity. He did a podcast and the, really what ended up happening was it started out with, we're a discipling ministry. We want to disciple people. We were looking to disciple different people that were getting into ministry to basically help them, you know, not make the mistakes that so many people make that we made when we started out. So it's just really a way of, hey, come under our wing. We help you get set up and, and then we let you go. And after a year, he was like, well, I, I don't want to go. I want to stay permanent. So he kind of said, okay, how's this going to fit in with our model? What, you know, we don't do podcast. And what is, how does this fit? Well, we're discipling. So we created a network and, you know, so that we had a way of, at least in my vision was that we had a way to disciple podcasters to improve their podcast. And, you know, he ended up after another year deciding he wanted to go out on his own. But we still had this model. And so, you know, we end up saying, well, let's let's create a community. So it's not a network, it's a community. So that we, we see a distinction there uh, as more that we're providing services rather or a platform rather than controlling content and being publishers. And so we have, you know, we have a, a vetting process. So we, we actually reject more than we accept. And we've got, I think close to 40 podcasts right now. And I couldn't be on the Christian podcast. No, you wouldn't be able to get on. Sorry. (laughs) I I think it's that first term Christian, you you know, you, you're kind of stuck there. (laughs) 
okay. Accept it. <laughs> now, you may want to you know, say, okay, you're going to create the atheist podcast community. <laughs> you want to be more restrictive of the Canadian atheist podcast community. <laughs> you know what? I'm too lazy to do all, all the things you're talking about. In, in some ways, I'm envious because I'm just too lazy to do any of it. It's, uh, you know, I use, I use GarageBand on my MacBook because it's super easy. Um, oh, no. Yeah. I know. I, I, I find GarageBand to be, I, I just, it's not intuitive to me. Um, you know, for me, I, w- I would use like Audacity or things like that. Is, I know a lot of people that use that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but, you know, we, we just wanted to have a way that we could disciple people to improve with their podcasts. And I mean, I have several podcasts. You, we've been talking here about Apologetics Live, but I do Andrew Rapport's Rap Report. It's not about rap music. Um, <laughs> it's a play on my last name. But you don't box is what you're saying. Yeah, no, no, you don't. You definitely don't want to hear that. But uh, you know, that's going to deal with Christian Christian issues. We have a podcast called So You Want to Be a Podcaster that is designed for people that want to do podcasting. Not necessarily Christian, but we don't we don't shy away from our beliefs, but we're helping people to develop their own podcast. We go through, you know, taking the years of experience that I have, uh, the technology background that I have to try to use that to help people improve. And so, you know, we're, we're doing stuff like that. Um, we have a podcast, I have one called Theology Throwdown, which is all the podcasters in the Christian podcast community, we get together, we discuss different topics that we disagree on or may disagree on. It helps people to teach them about the, the subject matter. But at the same time, we're showing that we could disagree in love and charity. We're not hating one another and doing name-calling, things like that. And I think that's a valuable thing to display for folks. And that's what you see me display on Apologetics Live. So, Absolutely. Yeah, without question. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we, I, I, I have, I think, about five podcasts. Uh, one's kind of in hiatus. That's my two-minute Monday through Friday podcast. Um, I've kind of just put that on hold, just being a little bit too busy. Too busy for two minutes? Man. Actually, the two-minute podcast takes more than you might think because it, it may take two minutes to record if you get it done in one take. Right. Um, but the reality is, is then because it's two minutes, I usually transcribe it and put that into the show notes and so that then it's in written form, it's in audio form. Um, and so I don't do it in video form because... I have to retake it a number of times. <laughs> it, but but actually what takes more of a, the two minute is, and people who haven't done that, it is easy to do a topic and speak for 20, 30, 40 minutes. It is much harder to take everything down, put it into two to five minutes. You have to be a lot more concise. You've got to know what you're going to say. Two minutes is really quick. To, to pack it in with information you have to be really, really articulate. And that's the skill set that that ends up teaching me. I mean, I, I was, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Living Waters, uh, Ray Comfort. Uh, I went out there to do their filming. Yeah, yeah they, they have a, a, a university, like a university, what they call university, I think. Uh, but they have these classes and they wanted, a, I mean, they have hundreds of different apologists from around the world coming in and they record them on different, they want short, like, six, seven-minute answers to these really big questions. And 
I went in there once. It was Dr. Silvestro and myself. We go in for recording, and he's he is trying to get it down to seven minutes. He's going like 10, 12 minutes. Yeah. Where I ended up realizing when I went in, I'm nailing it. Like everything is within five minutes. And they they were just like, wow, that's, that's, but why? It's because I got, I actually, by doing that two minute podcast, I had to be super, super concise. So when they say, okay, we want it, you know, six, seven minutes, I can do You're that. Like, oh, it's a lap of luxury. I got all the time in the world. Yeah, I got three three times the normal time. Let's do it. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. So my wife my wife just started a podcast recently called Theories of Evolution. Uh, it has nothing to do with evolution. It's a play on words. Her name is Shannon. Um, and it's about this whole thing from from being to becoming, and it's about journeys and stuff like that. It's, again, nothing to do with uh, with um, with with actual biological evolution. Anyway, um, when 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 I first started this with Dean. And we'd go for, you know, an hour and a half. And she was like, how are you talking for so long? And then she's like, I'm starting this podcast. They're going to be 30 minutes long. She hasn't done one less than an hour yet. Um, because, you know, she gets into this and she gets the discussion going and everything like that. And I'm like, huh, see, see. And, uh, you know, the only thing I got out of it was I did all the work for the studio. And I, I say this tongue in cheek because I, I love her to death. And, you know, she, of course, she's welcome to do whatever she wants. Um, you know, and I get to be her producer. Um, like I'm, <laughs> like I'm a professional. Um, you know, just helping her, helping her set up a little bit, but, but it, that, that, that's interesting that you say that because there is, you know, there's, there's the pre-production and the post-production and all the other stuff that goes into that. And then putting together a thumbnail and doing a this and doing a that. And after the first couple, she was like, she's like, this actually, this is a lot of work. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's not insignificant. I'm, it's not insignificant from a work Well, this is, this is the reason that the average podcast has seven episodes. People, people drop off by yeah. episode eight why they have they run it the some run out of ideas yeah some run out of time but that's the majority of it people think that it's just getting behind a microphone and speaking it's much more than that and sure. that's one of the reasons we were we want people to actually okay you want a podcast do you know the commitment we, we talk about that so that they understand this is what i'm signing up for if i really want to do podcasting because when you when you start out and you have no audience I'm in a, a little bit of a different category because, you know, I do have a platform outside of podcasting. Um, I travel internationally and speak. So I, I end up getting more downloads than someone that's just starting out. Because, <clears throat> you know, as I go places, it's like, oh, you have a podcast? I want to listen. But when you're starting out, you got to create that. And that, you say, marketing is really difficult. It's, it's difficult because now there's such an overwhelming number of podcasts out there that on any subject, you probably can find a podcast. So the, the thing is, is how do you differentiate yourself so that people say, I want to listen to this over all these others, you know, and, you know, it's like you got to find your own niche. And, and for some people, it's a hobby. There's some people that they don't care if anyone really listens. They enjoy not not necessarily hearing themselves speak, but they enjoy teaching what they've what they know, whether there's a bunch of people listen or no one. And one of the things I always tell people is, you know, in our community, you have to understand that half half of the podcasts in the world get less than two hundred downloads an episode. Okay, well, our yeah, I, I would <laughs> even that number surprises me. Yeah. yeah. But our, our smallest podcasts are, are at that. And I think that's that's what we end up bringing to the table because, you know, we have a lot of bigger podcasts that 
brings a, attention to to even the smaller ones. But we have these the folks who have you know maybe two hundred downloads, right? Yeah. So it would be in the in the top fifty percent of podcasts, and it's still hard to find a niche, shall we say, like when when you in a sea of other podcasts. And you, yeah, you hit the nail right on the head there. I mean, we had it like I, like I alluded to earlier, not even alluded to, like what I flat out said, if, if it had not been for Armin Navabi, we would be in that, you know, kind of 50, 100 downloads, you know, an yeah. episode. Um, and it's only because we got blasted out worldwide that, that we took off. And we don't, we, we, we don't monetize this in any way, shape or form. I always tell people, you know, to go and, you know, don- donate to a, a charity or, or something like that instead. Um, Wait, you, know, you told me I had to pay you five bucks to be on now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's just that, that kind of thing where, you know, I'm, I'm in it for the activism uh, alone and, and as well as Dean. And it's just, you know, happy to. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is, you know, when you have an audience, and this is the thing I, I tell our, our folks, if you, you have 200 people, downloading and people some people be like oh i you know even if you have 50 would you be cool with going every week you know to some building speaking of 50 people you go to the library wherever and know that you're going to speak and 50 people are going to show up every week and people are like yeah that'd be kind of cool you're doing that mm-hmm. you know that's really what you're doing yeah no, it is, and that's that's an interesting way of that's an interesting way of looking at it. So no, that's really cool. So how many how many podcasts are in the Christian podcast community? Uh, I think I, I want to say close to forty because I, I, there's a couple that I don't know if they've been added yet, and I know once they're all added, it's we're at forty. Uh, I think we got over one point five million downloads so far. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'll, I'm, I'm definitely going to reach out to to some of them. And, uh, and ask them if they, you know, would like to, you know, collaborate a little bit too. I, I love hearing other people's stories. Um, and, and, and like I said, I think there'll be some people who listen to this and be like, ah, yeah, yeah. And I'll get the emails. Well, you know, you didn't know you, you softballed them, you know, the whole thing. And that's, that's not what, that's never what this was going to be about. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, but, but I, I'm still fine with it. I, like yeah. I said, I much more enjoy the, the conversation. Yeah, and, and if, I mean, people can subscribe to actually Christian Podcast Community. That's it is its own feed, and that has that has everyone that hosts with us. And the reason I say it that way is because we're the way we have it set up. We're not controlling content, so we have some people that host with us and some that don't. And so those that don't, we we may or may not put them on the main feed. Um, right now, I think most of them end up coming through the main feed, but we don't guarantee that. Right. Well, after I actually push the stop button and before we say a proper goodbye, I'm going to make sure I get those links. And for everybody listening, all, all the links to everything that Andrew and I've talked about will be in the description. So you can go and check that out because I, I definitely encourage that. Um, but I know, like I said, I know that your time is, is precious and I've, I've actually kept you longer than, than our quote unquote scheduled time. So, um, Andrew, um, I want to let you have, have the last word and then I want you to put out there any, any way that you want uh, for people to get in touch with you should they want to reach out to you. Well, sure. I appreciate it. You know, I, I appreciate our dialogues, even in areas we, we, this, this on your show tonight was not so much of a, Hey, let's discuss morality or something like that, which we've done on apologetics live for two hours, discussing different topics. And, and there we're going to get lots more disagreement. And, but still, even with the disagreement, 
I find you to be respectful. Uh, the conversation's good. You you will try to at least engage with what people are saying. Um, that that's one of the things people don't do enough is to really be able to make other people's arguments. It, it's you know it's just the reason we end up having everyone just yelling at one another. But if anyone wants to get a hold of me, strivingforeternity.org is the website. There is a way to, to contact the ministry, and you know that's how you contacted me. Um, cool. And it, it gets, it'll get forwarded over to me if it's obviously meant for me. And so, you know, if you go to strivingforeternity.org, that's the best place. If you want to check out the Christian Podcast Community, just go to christianpodcastcommunity.org. Uh, both of those work. To get to those, their uh, Christian podcast communities and ministry of striving fraternity. If you want to check out any of my books, they're they're available at Striving Fraternity. So um, I I am working on uh, working on a new book, trying to work on it uh, on the deity of Christ. But right now, um, it's it's bad to say this as an author. I hate writing. <laughs> I I absolutely hate writing. I love study. I don't like the writing process. If I had someone that I could just, I could do all the study and they can wordsmith it, I'd probably be happy. <laughs> but yeah, so so uh, I'm always working on projects, but uh, we have uh, free courses online in our academy that uh, people can take, de- deals with systematic theology, how to interpret the Bible, world religions, things like that. So we, we offer those free on, on YouTube. So we, you know, and then if, if there's, at least if there's Christians out on your program that are interested in having me come speak, they can contact me through the ministry. Uh, I'm traveling at least half the year because that's, I limit it to that. <laughs> well, and there are for sure. And, and for, and for those people, you know, I'm talking to you now. Um, yeah. And Andrew's a, and of course you've, you've heard this. Uh, you've probably watched the other episodes with me on apologetics. You know, he's a decent guy. Re- reach out to him and to and to everybody else who's uh, who's a filthy heathen like me. Um, you can reach out to Andrew. You can have a conversation. Be respectful. Be polite. Um, and you can have the same type of discourse that uh, that he and I have, and and uh, disagree, but still be civil humans to each other. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.